When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. again, everybody, and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Wes Mitchell. Glad to have you along. Preseason practice is underway. Fall camp open this week. We've got 29 practices scheduled for the Gamecocks before they open the 2016 season at Vanderbilt on Thursday night, September the 1st. And, Wes, we're three practices in to preseason camp. So what have we learned through three days here, Wes? We've got a lot of questions, particularly about uh, the Gamecock offense, a lot of new faces, going to have a lot of new players competing for playing time, really on both sides of the football. But let's start with the offense today, Wes. What have we learned after three days of practice? Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much we've learned. I, I think we're sort of all, um, you know, maybe coaches and players and media alike um, are, are sort of learning as we go, I, I think. You know, I, I think you, you look at Kurt Roper yesterday. He met with the media. He talked quarterbacks, but it was almost sort of like he didn't want to – show his hand yet in some instances or in in most cases I think he just truly doesn't know yet either you know this thing's going to have to play out obviously there's going to be a point I mean we, we saw it last year this isn't new there was a quarterback battle um last year there there becomes a point where you kind of say to yourself well, well they got they have to name a starter they have to name they have to cut it to two you know I, I think they'll try to cut it down after that first scrimmage but right now a few days in um, you know, we, we didn't have availability on Thursday, but through two practices, uh, you know, as far as Brandon McElwain and Perry Orth go, they really had sort of just split it evenly. One day, uh, the first day, Orth took the, took the first team reps. The second day, McElwain took the first team reps. So um, really, quarterback battle, I think, is something everyone has their eyes on, but at the same time, not sure we have many answers yet either. Yeah, I enjoyed hearing uh, Coach Roper talk about the quarterback position. And you can see that video on Gamecock Central. Uh, Wes, he was asked about Jake Bentley, who was kind of the wild card in this quarterback race, the race for the starting quarterback job. And Roper said very flatly that Bentley is about what you'd expect him to be as a true freshman, new on campus. He's a little bit lost. You know, he's got good physical ability. There's no question he's got arm strength and he can play the position. But Roper said flatly he's a little bit lost right now, being that it's the first week of practice. So we're looking at Orth and McIlwain. Uh, Wes, you got to believe one of those two will probably start the Vanderbilt game, even though we still got about four weeks until that opener. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if you ever completely count out other guys, but I, I think, yeah, those two guys sort of entered as the top two. Those are the two guys competing. Um, you know, I, I have sort of for a while, my gut feeling has been that uh, Orth starts – McElwain plays, um, you know, talking about the first game. 
just because of the experience. You know, Roper was asked about the experience. He was asked about um, how much do, does experience play into your decision. So, you know, and, and obviously Orth, uh, great leader, um, great teammate. He's been, a, he's been a great teacher to Brandon McIlwain as well. You can tell the amount of respect that Perry Orth has for Brandon McIlwain. Just listen to him talk. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that, that does everything right. And my just a gut feel has been, you know, maybe you go with Perry Orth and let Brandon McIlwain come in off the bench. He doesn't quite have the pressure of being the guy if you do it that way. Now, you know, if, if Brandon McIlwain over the next uh, four weeks, uh, literally four weeks, 28 days away, um, if he, you know, just beats out Perry Orth, then, then maybe you say, "Hey, this guy's better. We're we're gonna start him." But I'm I'm sort of of the opinion that maybe it's a little bit easier on your true freshman if you uh, let the veteran start and say, "Hey, we're gonna get you in there early." Wes, let's talk more about Kurt Roper. Since Will Muschamp got the head coaching job at South Carolina, he's been very visible, and I feel like Gamecock fans and the media that cover the Gamecocks are starting to get a pretty good feel for what Will Muschamp is all about. But Kurt Roper is a little bit different story. Uh, He did speak to the media this week, and we're starting to get to know Kurt Roper a little bit. Give us your impressions of him. Uh, you know, a lot of questions about what the offensive system is going to look like. We know it's going to be a spread offense, and it will be up-tempo. But what indications have you gotten during this first week of practice from Kurt Roper uh, what the system might look like and who's going to be a big part of it? Yeah, you know, he uh, first of all, when you hear him talk, he's obviously a sharp guy. Um, you know, did really, really big things at, at Duke um, before he took the job at Florida uh, for the one season. And, you know, I, I think you sort of got an idea at Duke of what he's all about, what he wants to do ideally on offense. You know, he wants to be up-tempo. He wants to be able to – to get up there, get to the line, snap the ball quick. But, you know, I, I think this offense is going to be very much predicated on the personnel and what these guys can do. And I think they've they've talked extensively about sort of trying to match the offense to the personnel. Do they want to go no hurry to, or no huddle, hurry up? Uh, absolutely. But, you know, you, you can't go up there and snap the ball three times, go three and out in 30 seconds. Um, nobody benefits from that, your defense, your offense, or your special team. So, you know, I, I think you – to go uh, hurry up, you have to be a successful offense. So they sort of work hand in hand. You you want to go hurry up, I think, after a first down, after a big play, after a you know. Muschamp talked a lot about how important chunk yardage is. Uh, you got to make explosive plays. Um, to me, you go no huddle after you make an explosive play because you have the defense on its heels. So um, I, I know what Roper would like for the offense to look like. He wants this to be a modern spread, fast tempo. Uh, get the ball out to your playmakers in space. Uh, take the underneath stuff if, if it's there. Take your shots when you need to. That, that's what he wants to be. He wants to run the quarterback a little bit. I, I think he's going to have to run the quarterback a little bit this year uh, is probably the better way to say it. Um, so I, I think a lot of this, is like I said, is going to depend on the personnel. It's going to depend on what these guys can do. Um, probably going to have a lot of freshmen at the skill, position as well, spe- skill yeah. positions as well. Yeah, a lot of young people competing for playing time on offense for Gamecocks here in 2016. So let's stay with the offense for a moment, Wes. It looks like the offensive line group appears to be the strength of the unit to this point. You know, at this very early juncture of preseason, uh, South Carolina's got a pretty good group up front. Alan Knott has got 32 career starts. He's back at center. Zach Bailey, a freshman All-American a year ago, did wonderful things last year for the Gamecock offensive line. Corey Helms has transferred in from Wake Forest. We're getting rave reviews about him. 
Mason Zandy and DJ Park slated to start at the two tackle positions. So the O-line group appears to be pretty solid, certainly with the first five. But after that is where some questions start to come in. And uh, give us your thoughts on the offensive line, Wes. You know, outside of those top five, how much depth do the Gamecocks have on the offensive line? Yeah, well, I think you start looking at the offensive line as a strength um, almost because it's going to have to be. Um, because if you look at them uh, compared to your quarterbacks, compared to your receivers, compared to your running backs, um, that's where the experience is on the offensive side. So uh, there, there's really some pressure on those guys. I think they have to lead this offense. They have to sort of be a guiding force, a consistent force, I think is probably the best way to say it up front. You know, uh, talking about the depth, I, I think on the interior of the line, inside, they actually really do have pretty good depth. You look at uh, a number of guys. They, they've got four guys that can play center. Um, you know, inside, I think you feel good about Zach Bailey, Corey Helms, Alan Knott, Donnell Stanley. You know, that, that's four guys that can all play guard or center. Uh, you have a starting right tackle, at least right now, a first-team right tackle in D.J. Park, who's also capable of playing inside. Um, you know, So I, I think on the interior of the line, they really feel pretty good about where things are. I think once you start talking about uh, the offensive tackle position, um, you know, obviously Mason Zandy, D.J. Park out there, uh, Blake Campers battling a little bit at right tackle for that spot. Uh, Christian Pellage, who's the you know the true sophomore, uh, got himself in a little bit of offseason trouble. Um, you know, I, I think that's the areas where you start to say they they can't really afford to have injuries at the offensive tackle position. Okay, looks like Gamecock offensive line is in pretty good shape at this early portion of the uh, preseason camp here, and you know, offensive line is a great nucleus, a good good group to build an offense around, especially when you're going to have a lot of young people or unproven players handling the football at the skill position. So speaking of that, Wes, we've been operating under the assumption most of the offseason that David Williams is the incumbent running back. He's the top returning running back. He had more rushing yards than any other running back that is returning to the team this year. But one of the most interesting comments we've heard from the coaches this week involved David Williams. Muschamp talked about him a couple of days ago and I thought what he said was fairly insightful. Wes, tell us about it. Yeah, you know, I think um, you, you look at what Muschamp had to say and uh, just very, very pointed comments for uh, for David Williams. You know, the fact that he's had to motivate him. Uh, he says pretty much every day you have to push him in every practice as well. So, uh, you know, or every meeting as well. So that that's something where if you're talking about your upperclassman running back, um, you never really want the head coach to have to say that. And, uh, you know, I think we all have sort of assumed that, that that's the guy that had the best chance to start at that position. But, uh, you know, as it goes into it, he's still going to have to learn that, earn that spot. And, you know, I, I think you look at David Williams, you say that he's always looked like a guy that can produce, but um, he's never been able to put up big numbers. So, um you know, I think a lot of people are probably very alarmed by, by Muschamp's strong comments. And, you know, I, I think you kind of have two sides to that. You probably say, well, it, it is alarming because it's the guy they're obviously counting on. But the other side of that is, um, you know, a, a coach a coach doesn't say those things about guys that don't have talent. Um, you know, if a guy is just a complete um, bust or if a guy doesn't have a chance, then the coach doesn't waste his time making those headlines. So um, 
you know, if you're a guy and your coach just stops coaching you, that's when you really got problems. That's when you probably need to find a, you know, a way to transfer out. But uh, Muschamp still pushing those buttons. I think in some ways he probably knows he has to because he knows he needs David Williams to be good. He needs him to be at his best. But it, it certainly makes that position much, much more interesting because, you know, I think there's a place for A.J. Turner there. I don't know if A.J. Turner is big enough to be a 20-carry back in this league. So that, again, maybe starts to push the needle towards the possibility of, of a freshman Enrico Daddle. But then uh, what are you talking about? You're already talking about possibly a freshman quarterback. You're already talking about Brian Edwards um, as a starter at wide receiver as a freshman. You're going to have several other freshman wide receivers in backup roles. You know, Do you really want to have another uh, – top guy on your offense as a freshman, that generally is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, now let's be clear. Muschamp did not throw David Williams under the bus, but he said very flatly that, uh, you know, Williams is a guy that's got to be challenged every day, and I think Muschamp is trying to light a little bit of a fire under David Williams. They're gonna, the coaches are going to ask him to do a little bit more on a consistent basis in practice because the Gamecocks are going to need him in 2016. So the Muschamp comments about David Williams earlier this week, very interesting, and you can see those on Gamecock Central as well. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. We can we invite you to download the Gamecock Central Radio app on the App Store and on Google Play to subscribe to the podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Wes, we could fill a whole show here talking about the questions with the defense, but uh, let's summarize what we know about the defense to this point. Muschamp, known as the defensive coach, um, he made some comments during the offseason that uh, safety is so thin that he's worried that he and Coach Robinson might have to start at safety for the Gamecocks this year. We don't believe it's that bad of a situation, but certainly there are some questions about safety and the defense as a whole. So uh, I heard a media member ask about D.J. Smith this week. Perhaps he's a new player that can contribute at safety. Talk about what we got at safety, Wes, and what Muschamp is doing to try to shore things up on the back end. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately I think Muschamp and uh, Robinson are both out of eligibility, so um, I, I know, I know for a fact, Forrest Robinson would love to get out there again. Um, you know, I, I don't know about Muschamp actually getting out there, uh, but you know, he may not like that comment. Um, by me, but uh, you know, I, I think you, you know, you look at what those guys uh, do have there. Uh, you, you don't really have to be spectacular at safety. I think you know that's one position where you know you, you almost can to get away with being serviceable. Now, being serviceable means not, you know, giving up the big play, not letting that guy pass you. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have a playmaker at safety. Um, so you, you kind of consider uh, those facts and you say, I think they can be okay there because they do have some athleticism. I think Chaz Elder um, stepped up a little bit this spring, had a decent spring. DJ Smith's a guy that's always been talented. Um, you know, there's even talk about, he could possibly play some cornerback. He's got good size there. Uh, he covers a lot of ground. He can move. He can hit. Um, it's all about consistency with him. He needs to have consistently good practices and show those guys he can count on. They can count on him because again, safety is a spot where um, consistency is very, very important. Because a lot of times you're talking about the last line of defense, um, or if you're in a zone, either taking the middle third or uh, you know one of the halves um, of the field. So. When you talk about those things, that guy's got to be um, 
comfortable with his role on every single play, even if he's not necessarily making a big play. So I, I think that's the big thing with the safeties. All right, and some of our future podcasts coming up here in the next couple of weeks before the start of the season, we'll talk more extensively about specific groups. We'll talk about the linebackers. We'll talk about defensive line. We'll talk more about the offense. But wanted to start with a quick discussion about the safety position today because that's that's been a major concern for Gamecock fans and coaches alike uh, during this off season, So we'll get to more on Gamecock football. Wes, uh, just three practices in, but we're learning more about the team every day. It's a fun time of year. Absolutely, and we'll uh, learn more on Friday when uh, Javaris Robinson and the defense meets with the media after practice. All right, Gamecock Central rolling out a ton of content on Gamecock football right now. Scott Hood's got a piece on the Gamecock offensive line group. If you'd like to read more about that, just check out Gamecock Central. Uh, Wes, good talking with you as always, and we'll do it again real soon. Thank you, bud. All right, man, sounds good. I'll talk to you then. He's Wes Mitchell, and I'm Emerson. Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.